Bring your guilt, bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. Every day. Don't sit down, don't sit down, don't sit down. Why are we sitting? Why are we sitting? <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the room, 
you're more than welcome to stand and worship with us. You don't have to. If you want to sit down, sit down. I'm just picking. But yeah, if you're in the room, you can stand and worship with us. If you're online, we say it every week. Don't just be a spectator. Don't just sit there in your living room and watch us. Actually, join in with us this morning.
song you could ever sing. Worthy. Thank you.
If you're not already standing, would you please stand and read God's good news? It's on the screen with me. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Thank you. 
that's it. <laughs> now you guys can be seated. We have a video we're going to play. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. That was a pretty good worship package, I'll say. Uh, if uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll let you in on a little inside baseball. Uh, there's places that we go to get these. We some have been created in house, but many have not. And a lot of the Mother's Day ones that uh, videos that we use or that I I saw that are available to us were humorous, and I actually thought, you know, Mother's Day isn't always funny. Um, you guys did a great job this last year, and it's been nuts. You held your families together, and we need to take a moment. Um, God had the Hebrew people in the Old Testament, you see this, mark all of the major events where he did something using his people. He had them mark that event with a monument. Uh, when they crossed the Red Sea and, and, and things like that, they would, they would stop and put a monument together, and they would sacrifice to the Lord. And uh, when they did that, God would have them take a moment and celebrate. They would have a big feast, and, and that really is what Mother's Day is supposed to be about. And uh, I just want to say that Mother's Day, um, it's not the day where we lament what is not, although some people do that. It has been amazing to watch people uh, the last 24 hours posting about their mothers, men posting about their wives. That's what scripture says in Proverbs, that uh, their children will, raise up, uh, will rise up and call them blessed, and even their husbands will speak honorably of them. That's what Proverbs says. But I just want to take a moment to say that I am sure in the life of you being a mother or grandmother, there are many times you don't think you're going to make it or you want to kill those people that you're responsible for, metaphorically speaking. But you're doing it. You are doing it. One of the things that uh, Julie and I noticed when we moved to Texas 15 years ago was your, uh, un your, your absolute commitment to family 
And it's even more so in the church and in the Bible Belt. And I just want you to know that you bless us so much. Uh, moms, um, you're incredible, and you're strong in Texas. You're stronger than your husbands. Um, seriously, they, they fear you. I'm in the meetings. Um, but most of all, thank you for taking care of your kids. Thank you for taking care of your grandkids. Uh, and uh, I was talking with a mother uh, this morning who lost her mom, and I didn't ask permission, so I won't say who it is, but this last year. But you know, um, I am by nature emotionally painted verse. I mean, we all kind of are, but I really am. And because of that, I don't like to have animals in my house because when they die and they never live as long as I do, unless I have a rhinoceros, and I'm not going to do that. But they don't live. They don't. You you outlive your pet, and I hate I hate that kind of pain. I, I do. I've had dogs before, and I've had to take them to the vet and put them down. I hate that. I know some of you are thinking he really is a weenie. He could have shot the dog. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's not in me. But you know. Um, one of the things the last year and a half the Lord has pointed out to me as I've read some things is that the pain of losing someone you love is part of the privilege of having love. And as you mourn your mothers and as you miss them this year, would you just take a moment and away from the tears and just say, thank you, God, for the time we had. Because this is a day, this is a day where you should push off all that you don't have. And some of us don't have mothers that are healthy. Uh, mentally or otherwise. Some of us have broken relationships with our mom. But if you think about your life, those of us who are like that, God has provided other mothers for you. She may not be your bio mom, but she's twice the mom your bio mom was. She prays for you. She loves you. And so for that, it's a day of thanks. And it's a day all of us can participate in, whether we're men or women. And I want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to pray for all of the ladies in our group. The world is attacking the biblical idea of marriage. I'm not talking about between a man and a woman. Uh, 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 between masculinity. The world is attacking that. The world is attacking the imagery of, of what it means to be a mom and a wife. And you know that whether you agree with it or not. And I'm, there are good reasons for some of that because of some things that have happened through the years. But I do want to say this. Don't you ever let anybody anybody dictate to you what God has dictated to you. Don't let it be overtaken by culture and time and negative news reports. You be a woman of God and you'll be exactly how God created you to be in whatever relationships he's given you. Uh, for those of you ladies who do not have children, yes you do. They're all over this church and your neighbor's kids. And I know it's not the same as having your own biological child, but you are special to the Lord with a very specific purpose. You keep crying out to him, and maybe one day he'll give you your heart's desire, and if not, he will give you his heart's desire. And they're both good. They're both good. So I want to take a moment. If you are, if you're a woman above the age of three, would you stand, please? Because I want to pray for you. I want to pray a blessing over you, and I want to pray for God's protection over you, because the world is what God created you to be. You understand what I'm saying? You are a woman by His creation. You're not a woman transitioning into a And then we are glad you're. And with that, I'm going to pray because I'll say something else dumb. <laughs> Lord Jesus, I thank you for the women that are part of our family, those that are in this room, those that are watching on, on the internet. Lord Jesus, thank you for creating men and women. And, and, and you created both after you, but you created women differently than men. And I'm thankful that you created differently. Please, Lord, protect us from the world attacking that difference. 
And Lord, we're not trying to put women in a small box or men in a small box. We just want to put, be in the box that you created us for, the, for us to be in. And so I ask you this morning, for all of these ladies, whether they're young, Jesus, help us as a church to reflect the glory of God in how we live. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Dusty, I'm going to ask you to turn this microphone on because I'm going to have a couple people talk this morning. Adam, would you come up for just a second too? And this is about your announcement out there. Adam's family has finally moved in with him. You didn't know this, but they've been having major marriage trouble and she stayed in Arkansas. And, uh, is that not true? That's not true. Not all, is it? <laughs> we are so glad. Welcome home. Amber. Because I think you're awesome with the microphone and you're funny. So, but Adam, would you explain what's happening today for Mother's Day? Yes, of course. So uh, just outside in the lobby there, we have set up for you guys a uh, photo booth. And uh, it's a fundraiser for those uh, students that are going to camp with us this this year and so we're trying to help lower the cost of camp to each student and so everything that we take in today we're asking just for a simple donation open donation whatever uh you would like to give um that those funds will be distributed across every camper and so uh we are glad for your help and uh you will have some photos that you can slap on instagram and facebook and uh, it'll be it'll be good for for you to do that. So uh, thank you for your help and that'll be happening uh, right after this service for about 30 minutes and then after Bible study for about 30 minutes. So there are two more opportunities for you to get in and snap a few photos. Okay, cool. You did very good. Hey, thank you. And just to be, <laughs> I forgot you respond. Thank you. Most people don't respond. You do. I have to be very careful. <clears throat> And to be clear, they don't have marriage trouble. They've just been waiting to sell their house, close on their house, and close on their new one. They're moving into a new one this week. Yeah. So we're very, very excited about that. Uh, listen, I know that there are some of you that are in financial difficult times, and you can't afford to maybe give something. I'll be giving something at the end of today for those of you who aren't able to. So please, please use uh, that board to take a picture of your kids and yourself and you... Ladies, you've earned it. So if your kids don't want to, just grab them by the back of the neck like you do it. Okay. Robert? I can't follow you. <laughs> okay, so missions. I'm going to take just a second to talk about a mission, a possible mission trip in, in the very near future. For the past several months, we, we know there's been a lot going on on the border on Texas. A lot of migrants coming across the border. About a year and a half ago or so, some of our members went and visited a church in West Brownsville. It's Iglesia Bautista, West Brownsville. And the pastor is Carlos Navarro. Well, we kind of, you know, during the pandemic, well, obviously we weren't doing anything. I talked to him the other day, and, and he has a couple of needs. One we're already addressing. We're helping them with uh, buying some food for the migrants. The other is a potential uh, trip to try to do some minor construction project at the church itself uh, that has been kind of worn down and part of that reason I'm gonna give you some numbers real quick before I go on in the past year or so they've served almost 10,000 migrants 
They've had 30, a little over 3,600 decisions for Christ. They've passed out almost 4,300 Bibles, and they've served 20,000 meals. Now, if you look up this church, this church is not very big. It's probably half the size of our whole campus here. So one of the things, they, that because of the wear and tear on that facility, one of the things they're looking for is maybe a small construction team to go. So what I'm going to ask you is, is if you may want to do that, or if you have supervision, construction supervision uh, uh, talents, come see me after church and let's talk about it. I don't have an exact date yet, but I've got a good idea of what we're going to be doing. So if you want to consider that trip, it can be men, women, husband, wife, anybody that can pick up a hammer or a paintbrush. So just check with me after church if you would. Thanks. Thank you, Robert. Um, just, you know, um, put, put your political sides for a second. Take a deep breath. Do not let that in fear, interfere with your ministry opportunity. God is bringing people to us to minister to. And here's a group of people that are presenting the gospel to them and feeding them. And what a privilege and a neat opportunity for us to participate. This is a perfect mission trip for those who can just go for a few days, can't travel across, across the globe. You'll be staying in the United States, from what I understand, uh, and, uh, and, and a construction service, especially for those who don't like to teach and do different things. This is a way to minister that way. So please talk to Robert if you're interested. I did forget, did you put it on there uh, that kids are dismissed? Kids are dismissed at this time for GPS. There it is. I think I forgot to mention that. So kids, you can go on to your programming. The adults are stuck in here with me. And as they take off, uh, I do want a, a couple other things uh, that I want to highlight. Please remember, and we're going to keep reminding you of this, that our bulletin is now a virtual bulletin along with our prayer guide. They come out on Fridays in the form of an email. So I would encourage you, when you get an email from the church on Friday, remember that you open. There's two attachments to that. One is the prayer guide, and uh, one is our, uh, our, wor our worship guide, our bulletin. It has all the information of stuff that's going on, from women's Bible studies to men's Bible studies to children and student programming and other things. Also in there is a, uh, a little sneak peek, we call it, of Sunday morning, so you know what's coming up. So you can actually read the text with your family and kind of prepare for what we'll be studying together. Uh, also, as uh, things get weirder in our world, we are really praying for each other more and more. And so I'm So we're praying for each other, and that can be anonymous as well. So, um, and uh, uh, a couple other really quick announcements. New members class uh, is going to be Sunday, June 13th, so a month from now. If you're interested in joining Carpenter's Way, we've got a lot of visitors been coming in. Uh, this is an opportunity on a Sunday morning to meet all the elders, all the pastoral staff, to ask questions, to learn about how we do what we do, what we believe. That is going to be Sunday morning, June 13th. It starts at 9.30 in the morning, and it goes through to... Sign up for that 
on that. Welcome to Carpenter's Way Table as well. Last thing, and then we'll get into the text. Uh, we are taking the next four weeks, and we are collecting food for the Salvation Army. We support the Salvation Army because they do a phenomenal job of reaching out to the indigent. They do a phenomenal job of feeding the hungry, better than we could do. So that is a ministry that we, as a team, as a church, you support. If you give, you support the Salvation Army. Uh, one of their biggest ministries is their soup kitchen, and so they need uh, non-perishable food items. So if you're interested in participating in that, we'll have a, a, a place out there, out in the welcome area, where you can drop food items, and, and we will make sure it gets to the Salvation Army. I do want you to know that if you're interested in helping once a week or once a month, uh, uh, feed the hungry, uh, we can hook you up with them. If you'll talk to Robert or Jared Pig, Jared, would you wave? He's our, extra, our other pastor. He's the tallest guy in the building. Uh, but he is also, they are both, uh, they both pastor our missions, and you can ask him if they can send you to the, I think Dana uh, Hughes is overseas, the uh, Salvation Army Ministry. Uh, each of our team does that, and so if you would talk with her. Anyway, that's all the announcements. I have lots going on, lots of exciting stuff going on, so thank you for being involved. Let's pray and commit our time to the Lord, and then we'll jump into Acts 15, where we're studying this morning. Father God, thank you for, again for a day that our country sets aside to, to honor mothers. We're so thankful for that. Uh, Father, thank you that mothers were your invention. Thank you that while... that we can focus completely on you. And speak to us today because this morning's super important text. So speak to us today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I want to remind you, as I said last week, that the book of Acts is actually a historical book, uh, as opposed to it's more and so it is a book to take an illustration or from Acts and make the Churches that claim to believe in Jesus Christ, but don't Jesus ascended and and uh, and the Christians were left behind. Now what was different is they were inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And this is the picture. They over and over again in various different ways to seek first the kingdom. Well, they still have responsibility. How do I take care of my were the first folks to have to figure out this balance. Sometimes they did well and sometimes they didn't do so well. 
But what is amazing is that God has recorded for us through Luke an, a, a, a record that we can see how they move through these issues. And they can be instructed to us as we compare them to other parts of the New Testament. With the spiritual success that this young church, uh, this young group of Jesus followers were, were in the first few years, in the first decade after Jesus ascension into heaven, they experienced problems as well. I want to remind you of the place that these people were in the first few years. It was when after when. I mean, the persecution that they And as they ship to Antioch of Syria, where their journey had begun. The believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. Upon arriving in Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything that God had done to them, and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles as well. And they stayed Now, I, I just want to give you some understanding of what that's about. That's kind of what we ended. And so between 
what it means to be Gentile and saved. So they go back, and, and, and they're having this amazing moment with the church that sent them and supported them. Everybody's high-fiving themselves. to the beach this weekend, and when we were at the beach and we're driving back to East Texas and we love East Texas, we just didn't even know that I, I don't know, I've got poison ivy all over my yard. It, it, the This is their mission. They have a home church. My home church is in San Diego. Julie's is in Ohio. Adam is not from here. His wife is. She's from the big metropolis of Huntington. So God has called her back to mission work here. And we can, uh, and, and Adam is here as a missionary. The truth is, missionaries that we support from Cassidy and the others. That's what we do. We have them come in and they report. And so that's what's going on here. And they must have just, I don't know, do you remember that they were almost stoned twice? One time Paul is unconscious and they drag him out of town and they think he's dead. So when you go home, you can't let your Except when you're an axe. Look what happens in chapter 15. While Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch of Syria, some men from Judea arrived and began to teach the believers, unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you can't be saved. 
Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them, arguing vehemently. As you read Paul's letters, you begin to realize that many of the issues that Paul faces in his ministry come from not outside of the church alone, but inside of the church. Remember how I said last week that the more you act like Jesus, the more you're going to be treated like Jesus? Well, Jesus had Judas. I want to remind you guys that Judas walked with Jesus for three and a half years alongside of James and John and Nathaniel and Andrew. And I could name the rest, but I choose not to. Jesus, they walked with them. He, he, he walked with them. He watched Jesus. He was never truly a follower. While considered a disciple, his heart was not with Jesus. And it's important you understand that that's going to happen inside the church too. And it happens right here. And it's clear how Paul and Barnabas feel about them. Because in verse 2 it tells us in the New You know, sometimes the translations make even the most ugly moments sound honorable. A sharp dispute is not a good thing for a church. Several translations called the Judean Christians dissension causers. They were causing dissension. And the results were Paul and Barnabas were extremely upset because the individuals from Judea were adding to the gospel message. These men and women came to add their legalistic mandate of circumcision and keeping Hebrew Old Testament laws on these new Gentile And this was an attack on the gospel. I need to be clear about something because this is misunderstood in the church today. The church is not a place of peace. It's a place of truth. And there are things worth dividing over and fighting over. And the gospel is one of those. To tolerate a little bit of a lie to the gospel is to change the gospel. Jesus plus anything makes you a cultic. It's not Jesus plus baptism. It's Jesus plus baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus plus water baptism. It's not Jesus plus church attendance. It's not Jesus plus the Republican Party. It's not Jesus plus good works. Salvation is through faith in Christ. What's that word? Alone. And when you come across other believers, Mormon church won't say alone. They'll say half of it. The Catholic church will not say alone. Some Baptist churches will not say alone. Some Pentecostal churches will not say alone. We can disagree on, on secondary doctrinal issues like tongues or like healings or how and when War should break out in the church. This kind of satanic attack on the church was especially dangerous at this period, though. Because they didn't have the writings of the New Covenant that we do. New Testament. The word testament, by the way, means covenant. The New Covenant is what Jesus Christ did on the cross. The veil in the temple is ripped in two. And now people, Scripture says, John says in 1 John, that we have no meaning in God man except the man, Jesus Christ. That's a direct attack on the Old Covenant law where you had to go to a priest who would offer a sacrifice for you. They would mediate between you and God. Today you don't need to. You can go to God yourself. And I 
I apologize. Let me add more spit. When you go back to even the Old Testament and, and you read about before the Mosaic Law comes into place, when God is establishing all of that with the Jews in the wilderness, he wants to put what's called a tent of meeting in the middle of the camp. But the people demand that it be taken out of the camp because God wanted to meet with the people and the and the, and the people groups and the 12 tribes individually. He wanted to meet But the people's response was, we want Moses to go into that tent. We'll stand outside and he tells us what God says. And you have the beginning of the hierarchy of the clergy. The truth is, if you go to a pastor to meet God, to go, you should go to God. this period, the New Testament wasn't written. And so, as God had ordained, the apostles were left with the authority to dictate what truth is. He actually told them that. If you remember back uh, into our study of Jesus, he looked at the disciples and he told them that I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, that you'll have the authority of life and death. What you bind on earth. That is the apostolic call. They were given So, back to our text in, in uh, Acts 15. So what we have is we have Paul and Barnabas coming back under their home church. They're living there again. They stay for a long time. Why do they stay? So after please notice, accompanied by some a local believers to talk to the and the elders about this question. So the church sent the delegates to Jerusalem and they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria. I can't I can't even begin to tell you how much I love this part of the story. I love it because even in the midst of a, of a church split of doctrinal issues, they never stop ministering. This delegation of believers with Paul and Barnabas is part of the group. They send this delegation. Never stop celebrating. Never stop being focused on the world. They really have turned their 
And we evaluate, and I'm part of the problem, we evaluate our success based upon how many rear ends are in seats, how much money is given. That is so wrong. Nobody spent the church more than Jesus. Nobody had crowds left more than Jesus. He's not concerned about the crowd because truth is what he's about. Salvation, redeeming people who truly want to be redeemed, adopting people who truly want to be adopted. That's what he's about. Man, we got to get back there. We got to get back there. These, back to our story. I love that they keep ministering. We should never, ever stop ministering. No matter what happens here, no matter what happens in this country, never, ever stop telling people that there's hope found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Second of all, even though they knew, um, um, even though they loved Paul and Barnabas, they didn't send them alone. It's accountability, man. Paul and Barnabas, we look at Paul and go, well, Paul is the answer man. That's because that's because he Peter's a very classic example. We're gonna find Paul. Back to our text. God is a God of order. There is absolute truth, and there is and has always been a way to And here's what we're looking at. These Gentile believers, now think about this. I know, I know it's a little boring. We're going to get back to the story, but you've got to see all this context. These Gentile believers, which that's who they put on the are sending a delegation, and they take Paul and Barnabas. Talk about submitting to God's authority. I mean, this is, they have every including others from the church, Barnabas and Paul. Well, now you know who they are. These are Pharisees who follow Jesus. You want to know what Paul thought of them? He wrote about them in Galatians chapter 2. I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. Well, I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all and they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised even though he even that question came up only because of some of the so-called believers there false ones really oh so these aren't believers with bad doctrine Paul considers them unbelievers 
false believers who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. Tell us how you really feel, Paul. I mean, I'm glad you laughed because I want you to understand how passionate Paul is about this. And why is Paul... It's not a it's not an anti And God alone. Not through the Baptist lineage, not through an Anabaptist lineage, not through a, a, an assembly of God. And if we we are heretics. I'm sorry that that disappoints some. Because we evaluate the success of our churches based upon the number of people being baptized. Just because somebody gets baptized, and many of you know this because you got baptized young, doesn't mean somebody has absolutely committed the rest of their life to the Lord. We can baptize somebody who doesn't even know Jesus. And we all have Judas's. The core of our message must remain the core of our message. Just because someone worships with us, just because they're a member of our body, just because they teach Sunday school does not mean they're children of God. I Legalists have always been among Jesus' but they are false believers who only want to maintain the traditions of a church they're comfortable in, not based on the simple gospel. A church that is based on our comfort, tradition, or nationalistic ideas is a cult. Please send all of your emails to jeff at cwbc.org. Any minute spent at the pulpit when we should be in God's word talking about politics is a wasted moment. Anytime somebody tells you that you should be a part of a, a particular political party to be saved, they are no longer preaching the gospel. Anytime somebody tells you that part of your salvation process is joining their church or our church, they are not preaching the gospel. Anytime somebody tells you that your sin makes you unsavable, they are not preaching the gospel. Anytime somebody lifts up their own denomination over Jesus Christ, they are not preaching the gospel. The gospel is about Jesus Christ alone. And I want to be clear on this. Something happened in the past hundred years where we are not preaching the gospel anymore. We are preaching morality. We are preaching right-wing conservative ideals. We are preaching lots of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with talking about those things, but it should never be a part of the gospel. Salvation is through faith in Christ alone. Regardless of your politics, regardless of your heritage, regardless of your sexual orientation, regardless of who raised you? Who raised you? How bad a parent you are? How good That has nothing to do with whether or not you are a child of the king. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve the issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, and please don't miss some of these words, 
What does the long discussion tell you about this discussion? It was taken seriously. They had a long discussion. So you have Paul who presents his case, and then you have the Judean Pharisee Christians presenting their case, and they have this long debate. Then Peter stands up. So what's Peter's role? He's an apostle, still living in, uh, in Jerusalem. And he addresses them as follows. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach the gospel so that they could hear the good news and believe. God knows he's at home. And he confirmed He made them. They cleanse their hearts through faith. So why are you now challenging God? That is like, that's like a not what this is about because I am about seeking first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. Then I can be a good citizen. But if America falls, I still seek the kingdom of God because that's my passion. Paul gave everything up for this message. Peter did not want Cornelius to be saved. Remember that story? The Roman officer, God had to make him Verse 13, when they had finished, who? Paul and Barnabas, the missionaries, the, Juda the Judaizers, the people who believed circumcision was necessary for salvation, and then Peter, the apostle, stood up and preached. Now you have James, the senior pastor at First Church of Jerusalem, and also an elder. When they had finished, James stood and he said, Brother, I just read it. Let me read it again. This is exactly what the prophets predicted. What's he about to do? Take
take him to prophets. You take him to the scripture, right? So he quotes, uh, afterward, I will return. James, the pastor of the church, and the elder, speaking. And so, Wow. You might be thinking this morning to make it really practical. This is fine for them, but man, there are so many doctrinal disputes within the church today, and we don't have a pastor. So there's no application of this text. We have we have a By the way, I don't have the title of senior pastor partner's way. Before I came, this church decided they weren't going to have a senior pastor except Jesus. He's the good pastor, right? The good shepherd? Same word? So they made me lead pastor under the authority of the elders. And what is our main job? To make sure that we are studying the scripture so that most devices or discrepancies on scripture we how do we do that? By meeting with the apostles. Here's the funny thing. You don't need us to do that. You've got a handful of apostles' writings filling up with dust on your bookshelf. What? Salvation is through faith in Christ alone. All who call upon the name of the Lord. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you 1 John 1 9. If you confess your sin, it's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all of And we are talking about everything but that in the church today. We talk about movies and their application to our life, and we talk about family, which is fine. But it takes us off message. We're not here to fight the government. We're here to talk about Jesus. And if the government outlaws this, we'll still meet. 
yes, we will. No, no, no. Not yes, we will. We'll meet in houses and as neighbors and over fences and we'll meet in basements. I know you don't have basements. I, that reminded me of Ohio. We'll, we'll, we'll meet in garages. It, we'll do this because this isn't a church thing. This is a God thing. And I assure you that the biggest, most difficult things are going to come from inside the church. The Bethel movement right now wants to undermine Jesus Christ. The guy who runs that church actually said that the only difference between you and Jesus, actually God could have done the same work through any human filled with the Holy Spirit. That is heresy. Jesus is God. Second member of the Trinity and he came to save us and redeem us. He took our, our sin in his body on the tree. And everything else is a secondary conversation. And I got to tell you something, the church today is all about secondary conversations. We got to get back to the gospel. Salvation through faith in Christ alone. And then picking up your cross and following him. Acts 15, 22. Then the apostles and the elders together with the whole church in Jerusalem chose delegates. <laughs> so we have a delegate coming from Antioch of Syria. Now we have a delegation going back. And they sent them to Antioch of Syria with Paul and Barnabas to report on this decision. The men chosen were two of the church leaders. Judas, also called Barsabbas. Poor guy. How'd you like to go through your life as Judas as a contemporary? And Silas. This is the letter they took with them. This letter is from the apostles and the elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, Sicilia. Greetings. We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement, to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord We are sending confirm what we have decided concerning your question. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than you must abstain from eating food and from consuming blood or and from sexual immorality. Wow. I know what you're thinking. That last part right there, that's, that's, uh, that's legalism. I thought you said that they were going to be just about Jesus. Well, <clears throat> it's the job of elders and church elders to make sure that the church isn't distracted by secondary issues. Paul clearly states in Romans 13 through 15 that there's nothing wrong with eating meat sacrificed to idols. But he also instructs believers who want to eat meat sacrificed to idols not to do it in the face of those who believe it's a sin. At this moment of transition where the body of Christ had mostly Hebrew followers, they needed protection from the distraction as well. And so these believers, these Gentile believers, while not being asked to be circumcised for salvation, they're asked to give up their rights for the sake of those of the kingdom, their brothers and sisters who are Jewish. In the same way that the gospel is not a Hebrew doctrine, nor is it an anti-Hebrew doctrine. Let me be clear on this in a way that makes sense. In the same way that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a Catholic doctrine, it is not an anti-Catholic doctrine. In the same way that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not pro-Baptist, it is not anti-Baptist. It is not pro-Lutheran or anti-Lutheran. The gospel has nothing to do with the 
It has everything to do with grace for salvation. If you go to church for salvation, you're not saved. If you go to catechism for salvation, you're not saved. If you go to the baptism for salvation, you're not saved. If you go to the pastor for salvation, you're not saved. If you go to Jesus, That's a simple and difficult With things like hymnals and and states statements of I'm gonna date myself here, but do you remember the old covenant church covenants we would sign as kids? No nobody but me? Well they added things to it that had nothing to do with godly living. Things like a stance on alcohol and, and, and long hair. And the use of tobacco. I did that for you, Steve Hicks. He loves it when I play with my hair when I preach. <laughs> I want you to know that my wife wants my haircut. But I also notice that she touches it more now than she ever has. <laughs> and when I told her that on the way back from, from the beach, she informed me that she touches my daughter's hair too. But doesn't mean it's the same thing. So just to say, she won that debate. But it's not about about Jesus, you guys. It's not about more than Jesus. It's not about less than Jesus. And for every two minutes we talk about other things like morality and politics, we should talk for 20 minutes about him. Because none of those other things can save us. And I know you know this. But the reason this is so important is because you are under attack by people you like and love and respect to constantly get off message. The federal government calls me every year and asks me to take it, or every 10 years, and asks me if I'll take a Sunday to talk up the census. They'll give me the message and they'll give me the material. Are you crazy? That may be the only time I get to open the Bible. I wouldn't take a Sunday. Well, I don't want to get into issues because it's going to hurt people's feelings. But this is precious time to sing songs that Chad leads us in about the goodness of our God and the glory of our God and his mercy and grace and compassion and to get into the word of God together as a family and study the scriptures and be changed by it and offended by it and say, why would we waste an hour of our life talking about something that doesn't change for eternity? So the messengers went at once to Antioch where they were called a general meeting of the believers and they delivered the letter and there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read the concluding message. Please know that they were eating meat sacrificed to idols and sexual immorality. The other I love it. There was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. Then Judas and Silas, both being prophets, spoke at length to the believers, encouraging and strengthening their faith. They stayed for a while, and then the believers sent them back to the church in You are just as important as 
Just because your name will never be in the book of the Bible doesn't mean you're less important. God has called you to this. Young people, you are missionaries on your junior high and your high school campuses. Old people, you are missionaries to the doctors who take care of your sicknesses. Voters, you are missionaries to the people on the other side of the aisle. Why would you waste it arguing things that don't matter? So he sent him back with a blessing of peace. Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch. They and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord there. So the last question I need to answer, and I'm going to close in prayer, is this, because it's Mother's Day brunch time. Acts 13. Would you put that up there? We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. (laughs) How complicated is that? That's the gospel. Through Jesus, there's forgiveness for your sins. Verse 39. Everyone who believes in him is what? All of a sudden become good people and are right with God, right? Declared right with God. Something the law of Moses could never, ever, ever do. Don't you ever become religious. You just follow Jesus. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. May we never divert from it. And where we have, may we get back to the simplicity of the gospel. Through Jesus, there is forgiveness for sin. We love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for mothers. And if there's somebody here who is listening or online who does not know you, may today be the day of salvation, the day of forgiveness. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. If you don't know Jesus and you want to introduce you to my dad, I'll be right